four, three, two, one. Chris Scott, Yo. welcome to the lodge, a renaissance man. So how many projects do you have going right now? Because you've always, <laughs> you've always been like a, a multitasking polymath of sorts. Well, give, give us a little rundown of what the hell it is you do in your free time. Oh, man. Well, first of all, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Let's see. So I guess I have multiple lives going on at once. There's a side <laughs> of me that wants to be a sports analyst, journalist guy. There's a side of me that wants to sing music. And then there's just a side of me that wants to dwell into the world of everything when well, it comes to entertainment. You're a wrestling broadcaster too, right? Exactly. Like your neighborhood yeah. uh, like uh, wrestling foundation, I guess? I, I bring that into the whole sports analyst type gotcha. of uh, family there. Yes, uh, play-by-play commentator for Staten Island's own wrestling promotion. So you would consider WWE a sport and not necessarily a theater performance? Or would you say it's actually both? Well, number one, uh, ESPN and WWE. The E stands for entertainment. It's entertainment with athleticism involved. You know? It's like an action movie. I, that, well, that was going to be my next question. In yeah. that case, can an action movie be considered a sport? Could the stuntmen mm. be considered athletes? Absolutely. The stuntmen are 100% athletes. You know who else is a, a, an athlete? Who's Even that? in theater. Because I, I also do some theater stuff as well. I haven't done anything lately. But I recently saw King Kong on Broadway. Oh, sure. And, I mean, as far as the actual musical, it was eh. It was eh. But mm-hmm. it was entertaining because all there's like eleven different people jumping off of the big animatronic King Kong to raise its arm. Jesus, dude, it's crazy. Wait, those so 11, guys are athletes too. So eleven hundred people are um, employed just for like lifting the arm of King Kong not on Broadway. A, not, I, I'm, not, I'm a little confused. Not eleven hundred. There's like um, like uh, ten to twenty athletes, like gorillas. Ten to twenty yeah. people that are wearing all black and they're operating the animatronic gorilla. Ah. So to raise the arm, it's like jumping off from the back to raise it. But even those people are athletes. Okay. Yeah. So it's that. That must have been a crazy production to watch. Oh yeah. Oh my god. They did the scene where he's uh, uh, rushing up to the top of the Empire State Building. That scene, they had a him battling a gigantic snake. It was insane. That's wild. For the, that must have been cool. I didn't even know that was a thing, King Kong on Broadway. How recently yeah. did you see that? It just came out recently. It just dropped? Uh, I recommend uh, seeing it, definitely. Okay. But don't expect to see a great musical that you're going to be like singing along to everything. You know? I imagine it's a little bit different. Not Book of Mormon. Is it? <laughs> oh, my. You saw Book of oh, Mormon? Of course I have. Dude, so fucking funny. I love it. What is it? Hasabira uh, Inouye. Asadiba <laughs> Abel. That's it. <laughs> oh, I oh, love it. Jesus Christ. They're, they're so fucking talented, Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Like, oh, they, so we can curse on this. Great. Oh, you can fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my mom and my sister just got tickets to go see it in April. And oh, I'm like, sure. remember these words. Asadiba Abel. You know why? That's probably it my favorite. It means fuck you, God. God. <laughs> I love that show. Somebody stole your baggage today. Asadiba Abel. <laughs> This oh is the doctor. God. He has AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that show. But oh man! But to get back to your original question, uh, well, as far as the projects, it's I pursue things that I know I have. I think skills to kind of practice at, and maybe one day one of these things. It's like throwing darts at a dartboard. Maybe or, one of these things will be the bullseye. Yeah, putting uh, your eggs in a bunch of different baskets. Exactly. See which one's gonna hatch. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, at the end of the day, if you enjoy that kind of stuff you really can't lose 100 like it's a big win if you know the egg hatches and it turns into something great but if you enjoy doing it there's that's 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 Hell all the yeah, reward man. you actually need and not to <laughs> it's all good. ringing on my own podcast it's all right i just silenced mine because i've that's happened to me before look at you you're, you're a step ahead of me yeah my well, own fucking show but you know um for for me even anyone that's producing some sort of content and putting on the internet. If you're a sports blogger, like I, I also write for multiple sports blogs, any piece of uh, content you're creating, audio, podcast, visual, whatever, photographs, that's going on the internet. And years down the line, like when you're in your 60s or whatever, if the internet is still what it is today, we're going to have to look back and be like, yeah, I did that. I did that. That like, was fucking cool. You may have like grandkids like, oh, yeah, you see that guy on ESPN? Well, I, I was chasing that dream here. I got... Some uh, samples here. So. Well, that's kind of what I like about it is like the internet gets to be a time machine. You know, it's like you and I are going to have this conversation, right? And then like 25 years later, we could see each other at a wedding yeah. and re- and that this whole thing will be referenced out there on the internet. 
And it's something Joe actually brought up too. He's like, one thing at school is like, you know, if you ever have kids, you know, they'll be, and like, say you pass yeah. on and they have grandkids, they'll always be able to see who you were, yeah. what you did, actually like get to know you. That's one of the reasons why I really enjoy having people that I'm close with on the shows. Yeah. Because you're documenting a conversation. It's like in yeah. this very moment, we shared this moment together and it's recorded. We yeah. can jump back in time and listen to it. Yeah. It's like you documenting know? memories. Yeah. Which I is, love it. Which is kind of like what I guess the whole like videotaping that's primarily how that business makes its money was yeah. you know people like our parents when video cameras were a big thing they were putting their money in it so they could film graduations and yeah. film weddings so that like you said these moments that you share with people can be revisited in the future definitely yeah it's 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 pretty amazing it's amazing how accessible all of that is now you know it's like everybody has a, a 1080p video camera in their pocket right now mm-hmm. like the whole thing about having photo albums yeah, like photo albums just go on Instagram. It's there. <laughs> Print out some pictures and you can put it out somewhere if you want. Dude, but... keep it on your SIM card. I got shit on my SIM card from fucking like six years ago that uh, can still go back and look because like pictures don't take up memory. No, like at mo like some pictures are a little bit above a megabyte. It's but... videos that take up the most. Yeah, moving pictures. Yeah, you know, because um, yeah, it's like a megabyte a frame yeah. for for a video. But like pictures, like. I've, like I said, you could use your phone now where if you just keep everything on the same SIM card, like, I'm thinking of all the photo albums my family showed me growing up. Uh-huh. They could all fit on a SIM card and take up maybe 10% of the room, you know? Yeah. Ha- saving all this stuff and having a, a platform that keeps it there for, like, a long time, mm-hmm. that's so valuable because you're talking about, like, a little card, you know? Yeah, that can take easily care slip of, somewhere, you, you get, yeah. You better take care of that because it's memories are right here like we have True. we have memories in our brains that like I, I think we haven't really fully tapped into the, te- the technology that our brains have mm-hmm. you know i agree like you see all those movies in the future it's like oh yeah you can just grab memories from your brain black and mirror stuff replay them and shit love that well stuff. well here perfect perfect because i have, i've been trying to make a point to ask this on every podcast and i forget all the time but okay. i have to ask you Go. are you chip gang and if you don't know what chip gang is i'd be happy to explain it okay explain it all right chip gang so you know about the uh, the Neuralink that Tesla's working on, that Elon Musk's working on? The whole idea of putting the chip in your brain that can, like, alert you if you have cancer cells. Okay. Or, like, you could access the internet with your thoughts. Things like that. Computing your brain. Kind okay. of what you were getting at. Tapping into the technology and capability of our brain. Do you foresee yourself biting the bullet and putting a chip in your brain? Or is that going to be too far for you? Me, personally? Yes. No. You are not, not chip gang. I won't take a DNA test. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing way. one of those ancestry things. I don't want someone knowing what my DNA is and how I could be linked to someone. And I don't want that. I don't want my brain programmed. I yeah. want none of that. I want. I don't want any you want foreign... no part of that. You want the organic biological Dude, shell, nothing yeah, more. I don't want an organic piece of technology in my brain. And I can get hacked. Mm-hmm. Like, will I get hacked? What I need to no. I'm good like this. You ever see the I'm episode? You ever see the episode? Do you watch Futurama? Yeah. You ever see the episode where uh, Fry is in his dreams and he keeps getting slammed with commercials? And it's like, oh yeah, companies could uh, put ads in your dreams now. You know what? It's like that, I don't that think that I was... saw that one, but that sounds like something from Futurama. <laughs> but like you know that would happen. Like if we had the chip in our brain, right? And Pepsi wanted to sell us Pepsi without us even knowing, without them telling us, they could just put a Pepsi can in our dream. And now that's Dude, you know what? in our brain. And the, you, you know, know you know when they would do that? They would do that when you're alone and you're like, hmm, I'm bored. What am I going to do? Oh, now's a good time for an ad. Exactly. Boom. Exactly. Yep, yep. You know, like you go to do your business. Like, all right, I'm going to go into the bathroom real quick, do my business. You just hang out there. Ad. Oh, what, what is this? Well, you know, they have they have what, what they call guerrilla marketing, which uh-huh. is kind of the whole idea of marketing your product without it really look like it's being marketed. And examples yeah. of that would be paying Warner Brothers to put – a Mountain Dew banner in the Times Square scene in the next Batman movie. You know, something as simple as that. Little, like, covert yeah. ads that just put the logo in people's brains. Or a, a, a scene where a guy pulls up to a bar. Uh, I'll take a I'll take a Coke. <laughs> it's exactly. like, oh, Coca-Cola advertising. Coke. Exactly. I, uh, I can't help but think that if we went down that road where we had chips in our brain, that that's something we'd have to tangle with. Is we company. would be more impulsive to buy things because, I mean, Google and Facebook already have a monopoly on gathering our information pretty much we're getting these random cold calls from people because someone's looking at our email 
it's part of your terms and conditions when you have a Gmail account. Like, oh, this look, look, this is all the interest that they have. Let's just, boom, all the ads that would happen in your head, man, that'd be some scary stuff. Not about it. No chip. I'm still on the I'm still on the fence because like you're right. I, I when you look at the cons of it, everything we just talked about is one of them. But like, wouldn't it be nice to get like a a, an, a little IM that you have a cancer you have cancer cells in your liver? Yeah, like you know, it, it's so weird because like the the good is so good, but the bad is so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I almost feel like the whole world in different aspects is moving towards just a more polarized state. We're like, the good is getting better, but the bad is getting worse. Yeah. And we're presented with decisions like putting a chip in our brain where it's like, yeah, you're giving companies the, you know, the ad, like they have your Google searches. Now they have your thoughts. But, you know, you got a tumor. You're going to know about it instantly because that's what they say about things like cancer. If you're going to beat it, the best way is to catch it early. Yeah. And they can eradicate it pretty, you know, it's just. As, as far as like what the benefits would be. Yeah. It's fantastic, one hundred percent. I I would believe that if I put a chip in my brain, then I would personally, on a on a health standpoint, be more self aware, one thousand percent. I'd be I'd be more up to date, up to the very second, probably update if they have the technology to really look at that. It's like you're playing a video game. You're looking at your health bar. You, know, you something see like it's that. draining. It's you like oh, that. what's wrong? Better better give myself a potion. Yeah, like yeah, yeah the, the the imagination that humans have to, and I I don't doubt that eventually that could be something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd be more open to it if I didn't know what it was like to operate without it. Because I feel like I can operate just fine without it. That's a good point. You know? But if I'm brought up at a young age, like we were with technology and computers, and we've become pretty tech savvy with us. How old are you now? I'm 26. Okay, 26. You're operating podcasts. You got your computer there. You got a camera. You got this technology. Meanwhile... People who didn't grow up with technology from a young age. They have they, no idea. They're not tech savvy. What they're looking at. Yeah, so that's a good point. if I was kind of brought up with like, okay, you're 10 years old now. You got to put the chip in. This is part of being an adult and, and living a, a healthy human. lifestyle. I'd be more open to it, I think. So what you're saying is they're going to need to brainwash the young. It's going to start off with the young. <laughs> it will start well, off with the young. do you think that's what might do it? We'll just get really pissed off. Like, like, I, like for a living, I'm a computer programmer. Mm-hmm. Like... If some 13-year-old has a chip in his brain, so now he's an infinitely better programmer than I am. Like, do I lose my competitive edge in the marketplace because I'm not doing this? Ugh. You know, it's... It's a good thing to dive into, it's but... It's so crazy, man. It's it, like... They're gonna... They'll attack... They'll, they'll attack where the sympathy is, where people will care. It's like the children. Think about the think children. About the children. This will make this will make you a better parent because your child, you'll know his health you'll know at his health every you'll second. Know, you know what's even crazy though is like imagine like they come out with a chip for like parents uh-huh. that they put in their kids and they can read their kids' thoughts. Because I know some helicopter parents that would love a technology. Okay, like that. so always thinking of sneaking out, always thinking of cutting class. I got that in my on okay, my, on so my smartphone app. So as a fellow libertarian, okay, as a yep. fellow libertarian, From one here, libertarian to you another. You know, one of the things that we're advocates for are you know uh, rights. Like this is my property; these are my rights. Well, Correct. if I'm a parent. I have ownership of that child. It is my right to know that child's That's true, thoughts. Until that child's 18. But as a U.S. citizen, you have the freedom of speech. You have the right to be a free thinker. Mm-hmm. You, you, you have that right. Like, you can be. Well, the other thing is, like, can you imagine what it would do to a kid's growth if he knew his parents were watching his thoughts? That's weird. Like, do you know of all the things I would have stopped myself from thinking of if I knew my mom and dad were monitoring my brain? Dude, like I would just, I would just be, I just be a herb, bro. And I would just be, I'd just be beige. Basic. And that's how Big Brother starts. Like we have Big Brother now, <laughs> but if the True. parents are watching over the kids, that's gonna prep them to have the government. Listen well, to your it's thoughts like all it's like time. it's almost like that Bible verse: "As above, so below." I almost feel like that kind of works if you look at it from a societal standpoint. It's like mm-hmm. if the parents are doing it to the children, then that probably means the government's doing it to the citizens. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I yeah I one hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy, man. Do you think we're ever going to get our uh, right to privacy back? Or do you think the Fourth Amendment is just a wash at this point? Dude, I think that you have... I don't want to say there's a good side and a bad side, but let's just assume that on the side of protecting rights, if you give those people that want to take your rights an inch, they take a yard and they do not give it back. 100%. It's it's Because... No matter what, there's going to be a black market for everything. And there's going to be a dark market for acquiring information about someone's personal tastes and things. And there's a track record of searching. You, you, you go on Google, go on all these different things right. on the internet, your yeah. search history, you know, like that's, that information is 
someone's always going to have it. As as far as the right, I mean, I don't know, man. We're still listening to the rules of a paper document that was written before all this was even probably uh, yeah, uh, before there was more than thirteen states. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> whoa! Like I, I, I wonder. It's impressive what. though. Like it's impressive. Like you have to give respect to that doctrine. Yeah. Like oh, I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm a I'm a believer in it, but. Yeah. People don't see it that way. They don't see it as they think. Oh, that's that's old. We need something new. It's like no. It's fucking. It's it's ancient wisdom. Is there's what some, it is. There's some people you that know? want a constitutional convention. You want a constitutional? Yeah, Look at what's crazy. going on right now. We have the government <laughs> shut down because no one can agree to do something. Like, well, you know, it was like it was like we were talking about this earlier, and it's like you know, while giving our compassion to all the government workers and families that have had to suffer during the shutdown. Yeah. It is refreshing to see that a lot of us, I guess more specifically those of us that work in the private sector, the federal government has pretty much no influence on in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. Like unless you're flying or unless you work for the government, like it's pretty refreshing to see that that federal government, they could shut that bitch down for 35 days and most of us could still go to work. We could still shop for groceries. Mm-hmm. We, we could we could still have our luxury. Like, you know, nothing really changes federally. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand how important that is, mm-hmm. how power, how empowering that is to you as a citizen, because it's like we talked about the government shut down, but the police and firemen were still out there yeah. because that's our state government. Big difference between federal and state. Uh, partial during, partial government shut down. I mean, we were talking about this before, yeah, yeah. right? We were talking about this before. Like, what does it say about America as a nation that was built upon the principles of freedom of speech, freedom of property, freedom to do whatever the hell you want? Just don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. Yep. As a very simple, like, hey, very easy these, to follow. These are simple rules. The state's <laughs> in charge. The fe- like what what we are as a nation is just th- thirteen colonies are like cool. We're cool with one another. Yeah, let's do this. But we had this idea of free market capitalism business owners opening up shops serving the community and somehow empowering the private citizen hiring uh employees they yeah. they get paid and then in essence they the economy goes going but what we have now is a perfect example of how that vision is dying it's it mm-hmm. it is dead for some people that are so reliant on the government now yeah you know it's it's proven Things that like hey listen stamps and welfare and shit like that and and you know what what sucks is is that those people that have these government jobs that did suffer from the shutdown most of them i bet probably didn't choose that life that's something that just it it, it, it was a way or it was a way out it from was an unfortunate it was, situation yeah like it was a job that was available and they're like really excited to get it. it's like oh i'm wor- i'm working and i have am backed by the government who's always going to pay me because they can just print more money it's going to this is fine we're good this is comfortable well the government shuts down if you look listen what happens like, okay well we're shut down so Sorry. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the good news is, is like now that the government's opened back up, opened back up. Because yeah. the thing is, it's not like that the government shut down. Now these people don't go to work. It's like, bless these people. They still got up and they still went to work. Yeah. So now the government's back up for, you know, this temporary three weeks. And they're getting paid. With they're the, going to uh, the get backlog, paid. Yeah. Everything that they worked for, they're getting paid for. So it's not like these people were completely free labor. And, uh, and that's not to undermine their struggle. Yeah. Like, I can only imagine how hard it was to probably... Dip into your savings or put the last thirty-five days on credit. I'm I'm you know? very happy that the shutdown right now is over because now these people who were struggling for they a good, collect a what good amount of period of time, these people I mean, have thirty-five families. days. I mean, you got to think about it. what is it? It's like I could be botch, botching this, Basically but like, a month. It's like four. What is it? Forty percent of America lives paycheck to paycheck. Like they need every paycheck to pay for that week's groceries, yeah. for that week's rent, for things like that, and to keep up a credit. If you if you dip below a certain score, if, if it government gets damaged to enough, you money, you know, like raise your interest rate. Like you can get really fucked. Yeah. So I mean, I feel for all those people that went through it. I'm so thankful that I wasn't affected by it financially, but I right. I feel for everyone that fought through it and was able to uh, survive through it. It, it. It seems like a short period of time in context, but. You know, put yourself in their shoes. I bet you it wasn't that easy. 35 straight days. Definitely not. That's why I'm just an advocate for, you know, be an entrepreneur, go go on 
build some skills up. Put it so on you yourself. Don't try to be as dependent on the least amount of programs build, of people yeah. as possible. Build up your human capital as much as you can. Hundred percent. You know that way you make the most opportunity for yourself. And I think what's important for people to take note of too, it's something we mentioned earlier, is like you know if a government shutdown, if a federal government shutdown happened in any of those European countries, uh-huh. they'd all be fucked. Yeah. Like we have an infrastructure that's set that if our federal government shuts down for whatever reason, the states can hold it down. Mm-hmm. You know, and like. I don't know. That's a, it's a very comforting thing to live in a place like that because if you think about most of human history, mm-hmm. if a government shut down, it probably meant the world was burning. You know? How vulnerable would a country be if they weren't the USA and didn't have the USA's military and were going through a shutdown yeah. and were involved in some sort it's of so foreign fu- conflict? It's so funny. As a nation, we're so, for lack of a better term, privileged that we can shut our government down. The only reason why we could do whatever the hell we want here is because of our military. Oh yeah, forget about it. You know, I, I, the re, like, and as as far as I'm concerned, the national debt is a big problem that needs to get huge, solved. Huge. But at the same time, what are you gonna do? <laughs> Who's coming to collect? Are you gonna, are you gonna come with your <laughs> baseball bat and try to beat us? I got two thousand nukes firing at you right now. What are you gonna do? Not only nukes, fucking EMPs, whatever electronic device you have, we can disable a whole nation's our fucking- satellites. I said satellites <laughs> from the moon are looking at you right now. They can see the sweat dripping from your forehead. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you going to do? You're going to try to collect your money? Absolutely not. I mean, you're not wrong. You're not fucking wrong. I mean, and like another thing people forget about is like, yeah, our military is so expansive that a lot of the nations in the U.N. really don't even have a military budget. No, they use uh, the USA as con- I, as contractors. I can, I can offer you protection. Just give me 10%. <laughs> not much has changed. Yeah, a lot's changed. A lot's changed since then. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. my God. Wow, we we drove into politics. We Didn't drove, we drove into politics, but we kept it we kept it nonpartisan, which is don't important. hurt people, don't take their stuff. It's yeah. a simple principle. But yeah, just res- fucking respect each other. Like it's really not that hard. Hold doors open for people. Say excuse me. Say I'm sorry. You know. Yeah. It, I, there's so few reasons to be a dick to people. Yeah. Like I, it's not like I bump into them every single day, but it's like, I don't know. Live and let live. It, it, whenever that happens to me personally, like if someone's confrontational or like I, like maybe I'm walking down the street, right? And, I, and I'm walking and I actually bump into someone. Someone goes, watch your going, bro. It's like, okay, I have two options here. I either continue this confrontation and it will result to no progress. It'll just keep escalating or and worse. Or I'm going to go about my day and just be like, okay, whatever. whatever and just, yeah. I'm going to go with option B. Option B is the better choice 10 times out of 10. No one cares who the alpha male is in this situation. No, no. one cares. No. <laughs> so I, I'm just, you know, when I bump into people like that who are just, you know, rough around the edges and rude at the smallest little misstep. Yeah. I always say to myself, like, they must have something going on. Absolutely. Because, like, dude, if you and have I were to. walking the street and I bumped into you, I would, like, with a smile, be like, dude, I'm sorry. I wasn't looking. Uh-huh. I was reading my phone like a jackass or something. Yeah. You know, it's like. People who take like the the smallest things personally, like you almost need to have a compassion for them because yeah. like you're not like that unless you're just unhappy with your situation. You yeah. Know? And sometimes the best yeah. thing you could do for that person is not escalate the confrontation. Exactly. And kind of just diffuse it and be like, whatever, man, I'm sorry. Plus, it's good for you, too. Like, what can happen? You get into a fight. All of a sudden, you're in a hospital. Well, but yep. I beat him up, though. Yeah, well, you got these medical bills, and your arm is broken. And he's suing you. And he is suing shit. you. Now but you, go you won the, the fight. Yeah. You won the fight, though. You did it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we start talking like juice heads because of that. Well, I mean, well, let's say that's kind of the juice head archetype. Yeah. You're bumping, you're bumping to me. You trying to say you're better than me? <laughs> I got muscles on my eyeballs. Like Sponge, SpongeBob. <laughs> Salty spittoon. Yeah. I ate a bowl of cereal this morning. So? Without any milk. <laughs> right this way, sir. Oh, man. But uh, but before we continue, I, I, I actually, let's uh, let's dive off the politics train. At Go least for, at least for yeah. now. And uh, I want to talk to you about your band, All In Moment. Love it, yeah. All yeah, In yeah, Moment. Yeah. Thank you, yeah. Okay, so the All In Moment band. You are the singer, frontman, and guitarist? Not a guitarist, Not just, just a singer. Just a straight-up front man. Yeah. Okay, Freddie Mercury, tell me more. Uh, well, um, <laughs> honestly, I've always uh, had a history with singing because of my family. Um, mm-hmm. My uncle's a singer. My mother's a singer, professionally. Um, and I was born and raised on Beatles music. So always listening to the Beatles. Recently got into Billy Joel. 
Uh, this is in high school. And so I've always been singing along to these classic rock songs or whatever. Whatever's on the radio sometimes I get into. Now I don't even listen to the radio. But anyway, um, so I always had an interest in singing. And David Cohen, the lead guitarist, he's been the backbone of the band. He is, I would say, he puts in the most work, has practices in his basement. He's in contact with uh, guys that book the shows. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff, graphic designing. He's a guitarist. He was in bands before. Um, and we came up with the idea uh, of forming a band just because why not? There was me, our bassist at the time, Michael Funk, Dan Luxack, who's the current drummer, and Dave. One day we jammed to see what it was like. And we jammed and we even tried to make a song in that moment. And we were like, you want you want to do this as a thing? Yeah, let's do it. So we just took off from there. We, we, we decide we're a band. Let's do it. See, I, I find that's kind of how it usually works is you, you jam with people. And then like, yeah. there's this collective acknowledgement of like, hey, this is working. Yeah. Like, hey, we're we're tight. We're we're in time. We're in rhythm. We're flowing together. Gotta have um, chemistry. So you really, you guys really just had one practice where you're like, hey, let's jam, and yep. the jam went so well. You you all collectively were kind of like, yeah, let's do this. Let's, yeah, we let's, were. Yeah. We, we did it, and me being me, I'm just like, hmm, I can sing. I've always wanted to do this. Why should I not do this? Why not? Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do it. And now. Years later, we're now, I think we're, we've been together technically for like three or two years now. We have an album release coming out awesome. on the end of June at Mother Pugs in Staten Island. I'll be there. Yeah, and we have, we ha- we're looking at somewhere between eight and ten tracks on the album. We have six songs that are out on SoundCloud now, but we're making new stuff too that's going to be on the album. Cool. Um, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we have a new bassist. He's really good. His name is Luke Lewis. He's the youngest of us, but he's really, really talented. Luke Lewis. Yeah. Sounds just like a sounds bassist. like it, right? So yeah, oh, Luke yes. Lewis on bass, Dave Cohen guitar, uh, Dan Luxack on drums, and yours truly as a singer. Awesome. So one guitar, one bass, drummer, yep. singer. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome. What's your guys' style? Um, I would say we're, we, we all have different influences in the music world of what we prefer. But if I had to categorize us on like iTunes, I would say we're like somewhere between metal and hard rock. Somewhere around there. If you had to compare yourself to a few bands. Ooh, okay. That's, I don't, I don't think we're that comparable, but how about this? Um, we're influenced by Avenged Sevenfold. That's a better way of saying it. Right, yeah. yeah. We're, we're influenced by Avenged Sevenfold, both My Valentine, Escape to Fate, um, a little bit of Beatles because I like that, of Billy course. Joel. Then you have Metallica, Judas Priest, um, and uh, what's another band that uh, our bassist likes? What's his name? Um, um, Pop Evil. Pop Evil. Pop Evil. Right? So we, we kind of listen to stuff that we like. We're like, okay, let's kind of play around with this. Get a similar kind of feel. Um, but I would say all those bands, it's like a, a big clusterfuck of influences. Awesome. Uh, if I could say. It is our style. That's cool, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. How long, how long have you guys been together, you said? About three years now. About three years, and you're going to be dropping this album at the end of June. Where, yep. Where's the show? It's going to be at Mother Pugs in Staten Island. Mother Pugs in yeah. Staten Island. Awesome. Yep. Have you played there before? We have. We played there twice, and it's one of our favorite venues. I was going to say, must yeah. be a dope venue if it, you're doing the release show it's, there. It's, uh, it's small. We've played in bigger venues, I would okay. say. Um, and at times, we've played with venues that had more technology, but because they had more technology, they're missing on other thing. The best part is the crowd at Mother Pugs. It's, yeah. It's our crowd. It's people that may not know us, but they like local underground Staten Island bands that play this style of music. So it's a lot of fun playing there, and we're really happy that we have the opportunity to uh, do an album release party on, at, at, at home base. At home base. That's, no, it's <laughs> home not, field advantage. It sounds like it's going to be a wild show. Yeah. I'm definitely excited. Is the al- have you guys named the album yet? We do not have a name for the album yet, no. You're going to be dropping a single before, between now and June? Well, we already have so many stuff, so much stuff out there already. I don't think we're going to put You're going to let what's song. out there sit and then let the rest of the album complete itself at the end of June. One of our songs that we get complimented a lot, a, a lot on, it's uh, called For You. It's a lighter song. It's our, li- it's our lightest song, but compared to our other stuff. But that just goes to show like our wide range mm-hmm. of sounds and different markets we can appeal to. But that song for you, we may do an acoustic version of it. Maybe that's something we release. Ahead have like of time. A, I'm not have sure. Have like a bonus track for it. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, people like that one. So and the music of it, it makes sense to be an acoustic song. Cool. What yeah. uh, what studio do you guys record out of? 
Well, um, we actually, uh, our, our guitarist, he's also a pro wrestler, right? Wow. And yeah, he's actually a pro wrestler. Wow. And that's how I got involved as a commentator. And he met a band through wrestling called Heroes. They're pretty good. Uh, they're a local band. Um, and they use this guy, Joe, from Exeter Studios. Exeter Recording cool. Studios. It's, it's, I think it's by Freehold, New Jersey. It's about like an hour drive away. But we record all of our stuff there. He gives us pointers. Uh, meanwhile, we're doing practices at Phoenix Studios in Staten Island. Damn. Yeah. Just the price difference between the two is just—it's so drastic. We side with Joe because it's—it's—it's it's cheaper. He does a really good job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you—you you get what you pay for, but there are some people who work so efficiently they don't have to charge you so much. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he's a really personal guy too. He's—he's he's cool. He's dope. Well, yeah. And you guys—you guys know him through a friend, so yeah. you know, uh, people Referral. like that typically aren't going to let their referrals down. Yep, it's the you best know? way to advertise referrals. Well, yeah, because it's it's proof that um that the guy comes through. You know, he wouldn't have been recommended to you if he didn't do good work for your friend. Yeah, he does. He does a good job. He uh, he's he's recorded for a lot of local bands. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people have gone by there. Um, but yeah, mm. he, he's he's keeping up with it. He's also doing uh, you know, Audible that app where there's yes. audiobooks. He's yeah. also doing work with them too. For readers really? to read books and it gets recorded, yeah. Wait, does he do the reading or is he kind of mixing the audio? He's mixing the audio. He's mixing the audio. Yep. He's Very recording cool. it. He's balancing out the sounds and everything. Very cool. It's amazing. You must be pretty good at that then. It, it, it's it's really cool. A lot of people don't know what it's like to uh, make music and then record it. All the work that's that's put it's into so it. It's so different, man. It's like a band can sound amazing live and then shit in the studio. Or they can sound amazing in the studio and shit live. Yeah. And to find the balance between the two of them takes it takes a special band. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's it's incredible. But well, but sometimes like those guys, the the ones that made it big and sound great live, they have audio engineers on hands mixing mm-hmm. everything for them. True. You know, meanwhile, our guitarist has like a Kemper. He's able to switch different settings on his own. Instead, he could just have someone do it for him. So yeah, that would definitely make it easier. But the, the the complexity of recording just a regular song and starting off with the drums, every single drum Has needs a particular mic, and yeah. you need to get the timing right. The snare and cymbals need two very different things, and the and the kick drum too. Yeah, drums are always a bitch to mic up. Like I do, I do a lot of recording of things like you know acoustic guitars. I can hook up my head into the yeah. computer. But, like, recording drums is such a bitch and a half. Yeah. Like, I, I give props to anybody that can, you know, mix track and master a good drum track. Re- recording the drums and then mixing it into everything else. Yeah, good luck. Sometimes that stuff is too loud, so you got to turn it down. Yeah, but, snare pops yeah. usually are, snare are a pops, bit of a bitch. Cymbals, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the band's a lot of fun. It's, it's really cool. And I encourage anyone with any musical talent to create stuff. I just, I, yeah, I, I'm with you there. And I just encourage people to create stuff. It's like, I hate that people kind of have this attitude of uh, like, oh, I don't want to do that because like I can't get paid for it. Mm. It's like, well, you could if you hustled hard and got a few strokes of luck here or there. But it's like, you should do it because it's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And I, re- I really think everybody is creative to an extent. I don't think everyone's a painter. Mm. I don't think everyone's a singer. I don't think everyone's a musician. But I think everybody has a creative endeavor that they can excel at. And everyone loves creations. 100%. They love stories. They love music. They People, love shows. Yep. So you have like you have a, a, a large population in America that they'll go to work, they'll go home, they'll put the TV on, they'll go to sleep, they'll go to work. Up, they'll work, come home, home TV they'll watch dead. TV. Yes. So that time where you're just watching someone else's content you could spend a little time just learning a little bit. Maybe even playing games. It allows your it allows Definitely. your brain to move. Well, it's it's the most interesting thing, and I don't want to sound like a video game elitist, but uh-huh. <laughs> like look at the faces of people pl- watching TV, and look at the faces of people playing video games. Okay. Typically, somebody watching TV, their face will be very static. They're kind of in the static phase of I'm taking in all this input. Okay. But someone who's playing video games, they're not only taking in input. But they're sending in outputs, too, by playing with their controller. Yeah. And these people are typically biting their lower lip, grinding their teeth, going, ah, or fuck, or duh. Like, they're alive. Mm-hmm. You know? They're, they're alive. They're, they're, they're thinking. They're their brains it. are moving. They're interacting. Motor skills. The yeah. whole thing. The machine is at work. And it's not to say, don't watch TV. I fucking love TV. Mm. You know? There are some great stories to be told that are 
that we have access to and Game of Thrones. Access to. Can't wait. You're a big Game of Thrones guy? Can't wait. I have I have not gotten into Game of Bruh. Thrones. Perfect time to get into it. It's a less you know, everyone's saying that. I'm just going to be real. If I watch Game of Thrones, it's going to be years after the finale. Dude. I know. I know. Dude. I know. I know. It's just a Dude. lot of time. And like, I that's the other thing is I love the fantasy genre. I really do. But I don't know. I don't know. I'm not, it's not. It's not pulling me in. You know what else it is? You know what else it is? Admittedly, admittedly, so much of that fucking thing has been spoiled for me by Facebook. Uh-huh. You know, if you don't get on early, it kind of gets ruined for you. Like Breaking Bad, I got on early enough uh-huh. when there were like two seasons left. Um, but it's too late for me with Game of Thrones. Never too late. Yeah, I know. It's not about the destination. You know, you, you know. can get into it when down the line where Disney buys Game of Thrones. <laughs> Disney's going to buy the rights to do something. It's not going to be as gruesome. There's not going to be as much... Uh, sexual content in it. It's going to be very, very toned down, but it's going to be Game of Thrones. How do you think Disney's doing with all their purchase content, like Marvel and Star Wars? How- uh, they're winning. They're, <laughs> they, winning? they're unstoppable. They're not going anywhere. They run them. They- well, they're definitely not going anywhere because seriously, like the history of animation and the history of cinema, like people are like, oh, Disney owns the theater. It's like, bitch, Disney's Dude. always owned the theater. Dude, Disney's on another level. And you know what, what they did um, years ago? When Mickey Mouse was about to enter public domain, yes, right, they changed the laws. They changed the laws. They changed the no laws. No one can do anything to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Disney's like, no, no, screw your freedoms. No, this is our mouse, bitch. This is ours. But you know what? They're they're winning because they're they have a plan to always appeal to the next generation by retelling the stories yep. in a different way. Uh-huh. That's what they're doing and they they are winning. And they're the captains of the monomyth. Yeah. Um would you how would you grade them with Marvel and how would you grade them with Star Wars? Oh, wow. Man, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Me too. I love Star um, Wars. I'm not I I never was a big comic guy. I, I, I like some of the superheroes. Not a huge comic guy, but yeah. I always liked comics. Didn't read the comics. I knew about mm-hmm. the superheroes. I watched like TV shows with them. I watched Justice it. League you know, and all I that, played, yeah. I played a few video games where they were in, but mm-hmm. never got too crazy. Batman's always number one. But Batman's since always number one. Since we're talking Marvel, the Marvel movies are great. They're Fan- really, they're really good productions. I haven't seen a bad Marvel movie. In in recent memory, I I can't say any of those yeah. Some of the bad. really the worst ones were when they were first starting out, when they were kind of setting the table. Yeah, you know, and those weren't even so bad. Like they 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 were really good movies. Um, now as far as Star Wars, they have all this technology, and they no longer have George Lucas's mind by side, like dictating what they're gonna do. Um, I it's not that I I don't know. Some 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 of the things that happened in the last movie were just very questionable. Like, wait, you're telling me that Princess Leia gets blown up in a ship, <laughs> is floating in space, and then by the magic of the Force, she's brought back in and she's well, she's dead, but she's not like dead, dead. You know, she's not blown yeah. up and alone in space with no dignity. Like, no, we're we got the body. She's cool, but. That seemed a little far fetched, and it's want, Star wanna, Wars. Yeah, I want I want to pause right there because I got chills at that scene because you saw Kylo like looking down at his mother, yeah. and Leia looking up at her son who who she's lost. Basically, yeah. he's turned to the dark side, and then he orders he makes the order to sh- to kill his mom. And I thought it would have been so fitting if Kylo murdered both his parents mm-hmm. if he was just that because like. If he was just that much of a tyrant to murder both his mother and father in cold blood, it would have made me really hate him. Which is, isn't that what you want from your villains? Yeah. You want to hate them for being cold. You want to hate them for being calculated. See, the you know? the the most um, weird thing now about Star Wars is they're, they're straying away from the dark side and the light side. And they're bringing it together to make the gray the side. The gray side, yep. Like, they're they're like, oh, well, you could be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, everyone's not perfect. I kind of like that, though. I they, like that a lot. When, but- they, when, they, when they talk about how, like, oh, well, the Jedi were evil because they held all the information and didn't distribute it to everyone because mm-hmm. they weren't good enough or something. You know, I can kind of get behind that. Well, what I get behind is, like, it's like the... The, the downfall of Anakin Skywalker was that he was he wasn't allowed to be himself. To be a Jedi was to restrain yourself. You couldn't 
It's like being a priest. You can't fall in love and have a baby. Yeah. You can't you can't lead the normal life. It's supposed to be a passionless life. You're almost supposed to be absent of ego, absent of passion, just this shell that holds up the order. Yeah. Um, but the Sith argument is like, no, you need... That's how Palpatine was able to manipulate Anakin. He's like, no, see over here, we'll let you have the love of your life. We'll let you have a family. We'll let you have the life of significance that you've been pursuing. So I think there's something to be said that maybe you are better off having a little bit of the chaos and a little bit of the order instead of the Jedi who are kind of absolute order and the Sith who are just absolute chaos. Yeah. So I'm all for bringing it together. I think it's a good moral. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead. As, but as far as like grading, I would say they've done a much better job in Marvel than Star Wars. I'd say I that. agree. I agree. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, though, the amount of revenue that they've collected from either or. You know, because I don't... Probably more from Marvel just because there's more content. I'd imagine that's the case, but Star Wars is Star Wars. And it doesn't Star even Wars matter. If, Star Wars It doesn't even matter if they put out a new movie. People are buying Star Wars well, stuff for their kids. Yeah, and The Force Awakens made more money than The Last Jedi, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I think pretty, I'm pretty certain because I think The Last Jedi, while it did it did well, but they spent a lot of money on it that they really... Like, they made money, don't get me wrong, but they didn't make Star Wars money off The Last Jedi because, like, toy sales were down. Because a, a lot of people felt the way you described where it's like, there's some questionable things with what they did here. Like, I think a bigger problem with them is they also released um, Rogue One and they had the different stories. They had the Han Solo story. Yeah. They had Rogue One. They had this, that, that. So you just see, oh, Han, did you see Han Solo? Or Rogue I did. One? I did. did. I thought you it was like good. Solo? I really like Solo. I, lo- I thought Solo was good. I thought Solo was pretty good. I like. So I honestly, <laughs> people may argue with me on this. I like Solo more than Rogue One. I agree. <clears throat> I, I actually I agree with you, and I like Rogue One. Ro- Rogue One was okay. I got to watch it again. You know, I. I, I guess the I was biggest, tired when I was watching it. The biggest complaint I have about Rogue One is spoiler alert. You know, there's the tragic ending where the whole crew dies. Yeah. But it's like the crew was together for maybe 15 minutes. And it's like, so the crew was together for 15 minutes and you want me to really be torn up at the fact they're dying? Yeah. It's like, no, it's kind of just fatalistic to me, you mm. know, because I didn't get to really know any of these characters that long. Mm. You know, it's still a good movie, but like it didn't impact me so much just because the the movie had to spend a lot of time setting up the climax that it took away from getting to know who the characters were. Yeah, I mean, to to be fair with with Rogue One, that that movie was built with a handicap, you yeah. know. Like you knew that okay, well, these characters are not going to be around again. It's just this is going to be a one off, exactly. And this is apparently a really important story, so we already know what this is about. We already know these are going to be the plans, and yep. all these people that are being built up are going to die. So whatever, but I still watched it because it was Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars is shit. I'm actually really excited, and I think this is where. Disney is going to do really good on the streaming service when they have that Star Wars show come out. The Star Wars, they're yeah. rebooting Clone Wars. Yeah, and they have uh, what's his name, Pedro Pascual, I believe. I believe he's going to be in it. Really? Not not Clone Wars. No, they're doing. Um, uh, it starts with an M. It starts with an M. It's it's the it's the type of uh, people that Jango Fett came from. Oh God damn it! Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, talking about yeah, man, yeah, 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 man yeah. something. Ah, yeah. uh, so so much of a Star Wars head, but <laughs> I'm not like a super super Star Wars fan. But I've always yeah, I'm not the su- I'm not the super nerd. No. I just really like the movies. They're fun. I, I grew can, up with them. I can name you some stuff that's in Star Wars Clone Wars and uh, I didn't Star watch Wars Clone Battlefront. Wars. I mean Battlefront. Uh, that, that's what I mean. Battlefront 2 was my fucking shit. Yo, Battlefront 2 was, was one of the best video games Holy ever. Holy shit, man. That game was so great. The flying stuff, uh, all the vehicles playing as the heroes, the maps. Fucking great. The online was great. Like That was one of the first like online games that really had a popular... Pl- like a popular, mm. I, guess, I guess you would say... Uh, player volume mm-hmm. but here's my fucking thing ever since disney bought fucking star wars the video games have just been i don't want to say trash but very few and far between like our whole lives uh-huh. star wars games have been pumped out year after year after year and if they weren't pumping out games yoda and vader and the apprentice were guests in soul caliber 4 yeah, like you know what that. i'm saying like star wars was in the video game world but yeah. ever since disney bought them nothing yeah it's weird nothing you know, and I feel like with uh, I I think the new Battlefront, I've yeah. played it. It's fun. It actually is really cool. The graphics are insane, but it's not original. It's yeah, uh, it's, it's you're co- you're copying yeah. Battlefield and Call of Duty. It's the same gameplay. Yeah, give me just, something different. You're just upping the skins. Yeah, give I, me... I hate it. I hate it when games do that. When they they pretty much just re-release the same game, but they're just changing the skins of what you're looking at. 
you know you know what, what's funny to, to to think about that is a lot of shows and movies that we watch they follow the same storyline structure oh it's a monomyth but we still watch it well yeah because it's 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 the establishment of chaos and order it's severing off the parts of you that are rotten uh-huh. and and integrating um new parts of you that are that that are nourishing that thrive you mm-hmm. know it's like diving diving into the belly of the beast to rescue your father from the underworld mm. you know we love that story because we live that story every day. It's not as grand yeah. as the Luke and Darth Vader story, but it's it's every little thing. It's like, say your dad was a smoker, right? Like he smoked cigarettes. He, he was a chain-smoking cigarette smoker. Yeah. It's like, you know, you're living that story when you choose not to smoke cigarettes. Yep. You know, okay. that that's Luke saving Vader right there when you do that. It's the, it's the same story. You know, and it's it's it feels good to watch it because you say things to yourself like, well, if Luke can do it, if if and like who's another if jim carrey can do it like, dude you know i love saying? i love like, when people use uh things that happen in movies as a justification for doing something like you can do it <laughs> remember what luke did that's not true luke did this i i love when that is like people honestly look at movies to be like you can do it because this character in a movie did it you know like i get it it's motivational 100 percent um my here, here's a star wars story you might like um, since you're a big Star Wars fan, my very last day in college, I had to present for a communications class, uh, a research project. We spent the entire semester on it. This is my last day in college. I got to do my entire research paper on Star Wars. Okay. You were, so okay. We, were, we were talking about... So you went in. <clears throat> the Hero with a Thousand Faces. Joseph uh, Campbell, baby. Yeah, okay. So you're definitely familiar with that. So yeah. we talked about... Um, how the media always kinds to try to find the red and the blue side, right? The dark side and the light side. And they yep. they just feed us that and we keep consuming because we love it. But meanwhile, it's the same story structure over and over again. But we got to talk about Star Wars for a good there half go. hour. I walked out of class. I was like, I won college. <laughs> I ended well, dude, college. Your final paper was on. Was on I, I left college talking about Star Wars. This is the, what could be better than this. Well, I just think we're always looking for something that represents the ideal person. Okay. I think all of us, man, woman, boy, girl. So we're trying. We're old, trying to see ourselves in a character. Yes. Okay. We're looking for the inspiration. I mean, yeah. it, it's it's the same yeah, yeah. reason people get attached to religions. Mm-hmm. You're looking. You gotta find Jesus. Mm. You know. But like, we're always looking, and we want it everywhere we look. Whether you're going to church, whether you're watching football, you're looking for that. For your quarterback to yeah. be the hero in the last two minutes. We're always looking for that ideal person. What does it say about us as a society that we're we're tr- trending towards being fans of the anti-hero? The guy who is not the good guy, but he's kind of a bad good guy. Like, he's a bad guy, but he's a good guy at the same time. We, we like that character. We like seeing the character who, you know, they're out for themselves because they've gathered that the world is cruel yeah. and it's tough and you have to be tough and fight yeah. for yourself. And we fall in love with that because we know deep down that's at some level that's how a lot of us are. Uh-huh. But then you see that person be selfless and then they feel like the hero yeah. and then it feels real to you. It's like, oh, if that selfish person who was competent can choose to be selfless, mm. then I can as well. God bless Stone Cold Steve Austin, the yeah. anti-hero. Yeah. He set the example in the 90s. You know, yeah. that that would be interesting to see if, like, if the... Because um, you're right. There's been, like, a surge of anti-hero protagonists yeah. in media. I wonder if, like, Stone Cold Steve Austin kind of lit the fuse for that. So, um, as far as the, uh, the anti-hero, um, I read this about a year ago that producers of, I believe, The Sopranos... Um, and, and a collective other creative minds, they're going to be, they, they want to make a series about Babe Ruth because he was the anti-hero of baseball. He transitioned the sport, but as far as the human that he was, he was a drunk, he loved he loved women. He, he was a glutton. He was a glutton. Yeah. He's just more and more and more, but he hit a lot of home runs. But he that's the thing, he, he put great. on a show. He was a great pitcher, he was a great hitter, he was an entertainer, and he and was he, the anti-hero. And he was an orphan. Yeah. And we love orphans in yes. our story. Yes. So his story is one of the best American dreams and one of the best American stories. And I think whoever whoever dives into that as a series, not just a movie. I like the John Goodman 
um, I love movie. that movie. Yeah, I, I love actually that movie. do love that movie. But I think a series of Babe Ruth's life as an orphan growing up and eventually making it into baseball, that could probably be very interesting. And it'd be interesting to see where, because I've always been curious what tipped the curb for the Babe. Because like, if you look at pictures of him when he was on the Red Sox or his early years with the Yankees, mm-hmm. he's a brolic looking dude. Like he's a big dude. He's not the fat Babe Ruth. Like he's he's a brolic guy. He's got a sharp jaw, uh-huh. you know, slim neck. But somewhere along the line, I guess when he started getting the contracts and had money to spend, I think he was probably blowing it on booze and 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 feasts yeah. and shit. So he was just gluttonizing. Like, go ahead. That and he wasn't a pitcher anymore. Yeah, that's Pit- right. He played pitchers, every day now. Pitchers have to be extremely flexible and athletic. They have yeah. to be. It's very rare. You have guys like David Wells, CC Sabathia, Bartolo Colon, plus size guys that have some success. Um, but for him, it was no more of pitching. You're a hitter, and we're yeah. going to give you all this money. You're going to get all these sponsorships. And yeah, come in for a steak dinner. Babe, that's your 12th steak, but that's okay because you're babe. You <laughs> and can it's do on that. the house. It's, it's on, on the house. The house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I- I'm pretty excited for that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And. Everyone loves every baseball fan should love the story of Babe Ruth. Yep, I I love baseball. Um, Same. Ba- the the story of Babe Ruth is it's a classic. Um, but I can't. I want that to come out because well, I, I I'll think, dive right into what it. What makes him so compelling is you can almost you know depending how you frame it, the the story of Babe Ruth could either be a comedy or a tragedy in the traditional sense. Comedy being the happy ending, tragedy being the sad ending. Yeah. Because I think you remember from the the end of the John Goodman movie. Um, while Babe was like the best to ever play, his actual dream was to be the manager. Uh-huh. That was his real dream. <clears throat> and the Boston, when they were the Boston Braves at the time, the Boston Braves had him on the team, and yep. he was a uh, he was like a player coach. Player coach. And they had yeah. they signed him with the promise of you will be the manager one day. Yeah. Just finish up your career here, and we'll transition you in. But he gained light that the Boston Braves were never going to let him be manager. They were just they just used that to. Sell bring tickets, him in, yeah. bring them in and sell tickets. Yeah. So Babe never, he never achieved his dream of being a baseball manager. Cause like, how are you going to let a guy who can't manage himself, manage a team? You know, yeah. practically speaking, I understand why he never got that, but he was the arguably the greatest baseball player who ever lived. He was definitely yeah. the most ahead of his time. Yes. Like no, ath- his... I don't think any athlete in history was as ahead of their time in their sport as Babe Ruth was in his era. You know, we watch sports because we want to see something we haven't seen before. You know, we want to see some athlete do something that has been done before. We want to see yeah. Nick Foles beat the Patriots. <laughs> saw <laughs> that <God>. already. <laughs> but, yeah, that's why you didn't get it again this year. Yeah, it, it happens. We already done. saw it. Next. <laughs> Eli Manning and Nick Foles taking down Tom Brady. Um, Rooting for you, Jared Goff. Yeah, man. Like, we want to see things that are different. And maybe someday we are going to see someone change the sport. It, ha- yeah. it, it happens pretty often. You have Mariano Rivera make an entire career off of one pitch, uh, a pitch that he learned later on in his career from a teammate. You know, yeah, that's he re- true. learned it from Ramiro Mendoza. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. He, he learned that from Ramiro Mendoza, and and he just he's a failed starting pitcher. He's the best reliever of all time by far and away. Yeah, by far and away. And I, don't, and I don't see anyone uh, anyone coming near his saves record anytime soon just because of how the bullpen's used now. And the and closers are not as um, consistent as they used to be. Yeah, they're not as durable. Yeah. Mariano Rivera was a different breed. You know, he, he was a tremendous, tremendous athlete. Well, um, I almost feel like he was the end of an era because I remember growing up, like, closers were like the big dicks of baseball. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying dick isn't rude. I just mean, like, yo, to be the Billy Wagner – to be the Mariano Rivera, the the Trevor Hoffman. Oh, the, you see, you the, see that guy. Yeah, there's not many guys like him. He throws a hundred. Yeah, but now every team has like three guys that throw a hundred. Exactly. So, so it's it's it was so it was so theatrical for the closer to come out to their song and walk to the mound. That and you know maybe this is just a consequence of New York baseball, but and the way it's been since Mo left. But I almost feel like that's that idea is the dying breed. The 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 big closer coming in to shut down the game. Well, I think the Yankees tried with uh, getting a role as Chapman. Definitely. And it, they have the best bullpen in baseball. And numerically, they do such a great job. And they didn't lose last year because their bullpen blew up. They lost because of their hitting. Yep. It didn't It didn't Weak show line up. And uh, Aaron Judge kind of pooped out at the end there. Um, judged his judges numbers. For judge, pooped out for Judge is, is how I should put it. Oh, uh, well, Judge made the mistake of riling up the monster when he... Played New York, New York, and Fenway. 
Yeah. He, like that was a that was a mistake. He woke up a giant and the Red Sox won 108 games. They're one of the best teams ever in baseball last They're year. They're scary. I, I just I I'm scared of another <clears throat> Boston dynasty. Boston sports are just something Boston else. sports just whether you like else. it or not they have a dynasty. Boston sports has a dynasty in the 2000s. They well, are the, they are they the, are winning the 21st century. Yeah, they are the sports. I mean, fucking city. the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. Dude. Which like uh what football team do you root for? Colts. The Colts? Because man, I hate the how, Patriots. How how what's it like, man, being in the AFC right now? Like I can't <laughs> like if I was an AFC fan, I feel like I can't even watch football anymore. I give you credit. Maybe I'm being a little bitch, but I give you credit, dude. Like, dude, I, to I, have to see this happen year after year. To be honest, I don't watch football as much as I used to. I used to watch it a lot more. I watch Red Zone when I can. Yeah. Red Zone's fun. But sitting back and watching a game the entire time, knowing that, great, the Patriots are still around, the Tom Brady's <laughs> around. So what hope do I really have here? So <laughs> so do you think you're, you're – uh, Football viewership will increase when the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era is over. Do you think that would bring you back into the sport, or does it all take for Andrew Luck to go on a run? Um, I think it's not just it's not just Tom Brady getting replaced. What the NFL has right now is a great opportunity because they have a lot of young players that are now the face of the NFL, especially quarterbacks. You, you know, they have Patrick Mahomes, they have Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, if he could stay healthy. You got Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara. These are all really Baker Mayfield young guys. Baker Mayfield's going to be a Give face. the Browns seven wins. Dude, it's we haven't seen that. In this, a long time. this is an exciting time. I watched more football this year than I have in the in less long time, less several years. Um, when Peyton Manning left the Colts and things went downhill for the Colts, you I kind still, of started I still, bottoming out. I rooted for the Colts, but it, it was rough that year when Peyton was gone. Then we got luck, and it was exciting. But then the Colts got played up. the Patriots in <laughs> the, I think it was the AFC Championship game, and they obliterated the Colts. So it's like, oh, Deflategate. What do we got going on here? What's going on? <laughs> what is this? Oh. Why are the Patriots so damn good? But It's, um, a, it's a system, I think. That's what, really what it, I think it is. It, it, Bill Belichick, he's been trained by the best. He's the best coach ever. No, what I saw him do last week, where in the middle of the game, he broke the fucking tablet and then threw the book. Just to say, like, fuck the books. Two minutes left. Tom, do what you want to do. And, they win, <laughs> and then they win the game. <laughs> Dude, uh, that's such a great pair. Uh, Belichick and Brady. I fucking Brady. hate them. Hate them, but you know what? Uh, I hate them. Oh, this is actually funny. We can, we can. I'm, I'm going to bring this up. Go for it on the air because this was really this. This had me. This made me giggle a little bit. So I'm on Twitter and they show, um, they show Tom Brady dropping the mic at Gillette Stadium. They had a rally, old Patriots fans, talking about you know all this happened, but we're still here. We're still here. We're still here. drops the mic. My comment to that was, I hate that he deserves my respect. <laughs> right i hate that he deserves my respect someone responded america i kid you not someone responds to this immediately america has gone marxist so be it hate the winners we can be the ussr soon i'm like lady what? i'm like lady i just complimented the guy what are you <laughs> what right right like what i hate that i respect tom brady well you know well marxism and the ussr <laughs> <laughs> the what? internet's gone mad dude no, the world's gone mad. Like, the world's gone mad. I, I, I think we're gonna settle. I think yeah. we're gonna settle down in the next five years. But like, we're right. we've gone crazy because right. because we have so much at our fingertips, man. It's like, what was it? Maybe fifteen years ago, uh, you would have just expressed that opinion to a room of your friends, yeah, and they would have just made their comments. Yep. Now you have the ability to express that opinion to everyone. And then anyone can comment, including insane people who are going to bring Marxism into a conversation about Tom Brady. Then again, I two things I fucking hate Marxism and Tom Brady. I could go, go into my settings, just like say, no, random people cannot comment to myself, but it's entertaining when it happens. Like yeah, that. no, that's I funny. Can't. That's I, ca I cannot like people are crazy. People are nuts. <laughs> people are nuts. But no, Tom, Tom, uh, Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. Easily. If you had to choose a quarterback to play in the Super Bowl, it's between Brady and Montana. You can't go wrong with either or. Brady's proved time and time again he's a gamer. I pick, I pick Foles. He's undefeated in the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. Well, so is Eli. <laughs> so is he. Eli's, Eli's won twice as many. Eli's 2-0. Eli's 2-0. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do Eli's you think this is the end for Eli? Um, do you think this is the last throw? Do you think he gets one more full season, or do you think he's out halfway through? 
the Giants will likely have Eli play again next year because Eli put up good numbers, and it's all about stats nowadays. You put up good stats, you have a case to play. Yeah, his stats really weren't that terrible this the, year. The pro- they, weren't, they weren't prime Eli Manning, but they weren't terrible. But the problem is the Giants have a weak offensive line, and they have a quarterback who's not mobile, and that's yep. a recipe for disaster. Yep. And they're just going to give Saquon Barkley the ball a billion times and hope it comes to something. And the reason why Eli Manning had good numbers is because he, he had a Saquon. Saquon. They had to play the run. Saquon did most of the work. Quick little two-yard slant route or two-yard flat route. A screen route. A screen. Yeah, the yards Saquon, the just run that way, and, and I'm going to make it look like I'm a quarterback, and I'm going to throw it that way, but I'm just going to give it to you. And you're going to go 50 yards, and I'm going to get the stats. I get accused mm-hmm. as an Eagles fan for being an Eli Manning apologist, but... An Eli Manning apologist because you're yes, an Eagles fan. Because okay. I'm an Eagles fan, and I actually like the guy. Because, like, yo, I, I am a New Yorker, uh-huh. and I got to witness the greatest quarterback in New York State history. Yeah. No, Eli Manning is the best quarterback and in And if you talk to Giants fans, you would never know that what I just said is true. Uh-huh. They, they, treat, they treat Eli like, like the... Um, like they're fifty-year-old men who married a hot girl, but then she got addicted to meth in her forties. <laughs> it's like, it's like she gave you everything you wanted, and then Dude, now that uh, she's having, <laughs> it's it's New York fans. That's how it is. And listen, yeah. d- saying Eli Manning is the best quarterback in New York, it's not saying much. It's not saying much, but you got you got also Miss Phil Sims was probably you got Broadway him. Joe though. Broadway Joe was an average quarterback. Mm-hmm. He won the Super Bowl. But he's an average quarterback. I believe he's thrown more interceptions yes, he than he has touchdowns. Yes. You know, he just he called his shot as an underdog. He may honestly, it's kind of funny. It's he like, played against the Colts and didn't have Johnny Unitas. Fair enough. He called a victory. No giant. They still Colts still had a very good team that year. But you're calling a victory when you're not playing the Colts at their best. Yeah. Okay. I mean, more power to you, I guess. More power to you. But that's the thing. Is if you win in New York, you're a legend for life. You you want to talk that's about thing. New York sports, though? Um, yeah. Tell me how Derek Rose. Okay? <laughs> Derek Rose is getting praised right now. Like, oh, he's going to be an all-star. It's going to be great. The comeback story of Derek Rose. Look at Derek Rose's numbers now. Look at his numbers with the Knicks. They're identical. We trashed him with New York. That's New York. We trashed him with New York. But all of a sudden, he's a god in, for the Bucks. Like, Well, because the Bucks are winning. That's why. The Bucks are winning the and Derrick Rose are winning. Yeah. yeah if, New York wasn't winning, so it's like, eh. If you're a good player on a winning team, great. If you're a good player on a bad team, you're nobody, the problem. Nobody get, exactly. <laughs> well, I thought the Knicks made a huge mistake when they did the Mellow trade. And that's not a knock on Mellow. He's a really good basketball player. But they had such a good young, young, young crop of guys like, uh, uh, what, what was his name? Uh, Gallinari. You know, and, and all those guys. I thought they maybe should have built a team around what they had. Mm. That said, the first year they had Mello, when they had the, the Mello Stoudemire team, they were the number two seed. And I remember everybody thought they were going to do it. Oh, it was it's a good gonna, team. It's going to be Miami, the Miami Heat versus the New York Knicks, and then the fucking fundamental Indiana Pacers fucking wiped the floor with us in the I playoffs. remember I was, I was watching uh, Chili's when that game happened. And uh, people were upset. They were all there for the next game, and the next yeah. loss. Uh, it was game six, or whatever. But yeah, the, listen. The next they they shoot they shot their shot. They knew Carmelo wanted to come to New York, but they were anxious. And they were like, "Well, let's trade for him instead of sign for let's him. Let's sign, wait for his contract to run out. Let's give up the pillars, uh, the stone for our let's pillars. Give up the last and, three fucking drafts, yeah. for fucking Carmelo. Let, let's give up the stone for our pillars that we built this foundation off of, and just just let's just get rid of it now and get Carmelo. You know, it do, it doesn't make sense, but. It doesn't, but it, um, it didn't make sense. But hey, you know what? They got to the number two seed, but in New York, you gotta win it. You gotta win. You gotta win, or you're forgotten. Gotta win a title. As a New York Mets fan, 2006 to 2015, nobody cares unless you win the last game of the year. I'm gonna explain. I'm gonna explain to you why being a Yankees fan is painful. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. because you guys are like you guys can't enjoy yourselves. It's like we can have the Mets can have fun on their way to the World Series. You guys can't have fun unless you win the World Series, dude. It it's a blessing and a curse. I love being a Yankee fan, and I will that that's my team for life. You know that if I have a, if I have a child, they're gonna be a Yankee In, fan. It's, indoctrinated. I'm going to whisper Ruth Garrick, Maris Mantle, A Rod. I'm gonna whisper the names in their ears as you're just right? like cradling them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yes, cheater, Mo, the core four. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like. You, we okay. We won the World Series. We gotta win the World Series next year. 
You guys just won. Gotta win it next gotta year. Gotta win it next year. Gotta show our dominance. We got we gotta win. It, I, you guys are the empire, so it makes sense. We like we can never have satisfaction for a long period of time. It's not gonna happen. We're gonna win the World Series, we're gonna be happy for a week, and all of a sudden we're gonna be stressed out about next year. We gotta improve pitching. You guys just won the World Series. <laughs> we gotta improve pitching. <laughs> you know? It's a perfectionist franchise. It, it is, and it's uh, I love it because it's they're always in contention, no matter what. They're always gonna. Well, they're do another their one best. like the Patriots. It's it's a good infrastructure. Yeah. it's a good system. But yeah. we uh we do need to wrap this up soon. So I don't sure. know if you got anything else you want to say, and uh definitely plug yourself before we sign off. Sure. Okay. So I'm a writer for Yanks Go Yard. It's a company by Fansided that's owned by them. Um, I also write for Clutch Points app. Talk about football with that. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Chris John Scott. I post all my content on Facebook. I also have a uh, sports page of my sports blogs. It's Chris John Scott, uh, sports blogger. Um, as far as music, we talked about before. I'm the singer for All In Moment. We are an underground band right now, but we are growing in popularity. Um, find us on Facebook. Find us on SoundCloud. It's And our email is allinmomentband uh, at gmail.com for bookings. On social media, we are at All In Moment Bands. Um, we disperse the news, what's going on there. Um, and I really appreciate being on the show. So, oh, dude, pleasure having dude, you. This has been great. As far as uh, any last things that I wanted to say, it's um, I think what you're doing is really cool. And oh, I think thanks. if anyone has a creative mind with anything or, or a passion, go and pursue it. You only live once. You don't want to look back and regret um, not pursuing that passion when you had the time to do it. Amen, brother. You know, and that's why we love having you on. Great minds think alike. Uh, definitely going to have you back on. I'm you down. Know? Definitely, definitely. And it's I'll have you time. on my show, dude. Please, I'd love to. I'd love to come out, and I'll uh, keep me in the loop about the show in June. Hell I'd yeah. love to come out for the release show. We have. We actually have a show. I forgot to mention. February 22nd. We're definitely in Brooklyn. That's a Friday. It's February 22nd okay. at Kingsland. It's an it's an acoustic show. We're playing with IC Stars. Very nice. Yeah, that'll be a good time. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. All right, so if you're in the Brooklyn area, February 22nd. I see stars in all a moment. Chris Scott, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me.